that's a pig. <laughs> Should we, uh... <clears throat> Go ahead. Right. Episode 7. Yeah. Well, number 7, here we are. Lost on the River podcast out of the uh, historic Herzog studio space. Elias Lifesring, producer Matt Spalding here with us as well. Somebody is lost on the river. We did lose one on the river. Yeah, I, and I was, it wasn't me, and you would think it would be me lost on the river. It's not me. It's I, no. I pulled up. I was putting my money in the meter, my old-fashioned money in the meter, and Aaron Sharp, uh, our, our usual co-host, sends, sends a text saying I can't make it. Why? Why can't he be here? He's, uh, I don't know. Something. So he said something about a now, still hungover from a Super Bowl party. I know. I think he's still <laughs> hungover from Bachfest. You know, it's, that's that's very likely. Yeah. yeah. I, now I, the last time that that he canceled, uh, we had a little bit more time, and and I got quite the replacement. Dorsey from ninety seven X uh, came came to sit in Aaron's chair. Basically, a legend. Elevated the game a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so this time, I think maybe purposely, he didn't give us much notice. No, he didn't want to get uh, outshined, but upstaged. But I'll tell you what, I'm here to tell you uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna upstage him with this one. I'm gonna take the lead on this. Bill's in charge. Fun fact: my uh, my brother, my my younger brother Matt, avid. You have a brother? I do. I at, always thought you were like the only one. No, no, I'm 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 the oldest of three. My brother's an avid listener, and uh, he gave me some criticism after listening to the, to the last episode. He said, you don't talk very much on there. I've been saying the same thing. You're funny, and... Uh, as usual, some fantastic folks coming in to, to join it's us. True. It's true. We've got Alex York and Dan Buckley of Torn Light Records, Fairfield Press, a lot of other concepts, and some cool stuff that I can't wait to get a little bit more scoop on what, what they've got up their sleeves. And our musical guest is Tim Combs who uh, has just recorded an album with Zach Gabbard at Zach's home studio, Zach from the Buffalo Killers. Very much looking forward to this episode and uh, knocking this one out. To be fair to Aaron, I think he's trying to open a restaurant and it's, you know, weighing him down. Do you know anything about that? I've heard that he's opening Is a it restaurant. difficult to open a restaurant? It, it can be difficult and challenging, and I do believe that Aaron is in the final lap of getting Lucius Q barbecue and Pendleton open. And so I, I'm pretty sure he was using that as an excuse. You even, um, you wore this shirt tonight. I did. I have my <laughs> Lucius Q shirt on and I was going to show him how nice it fit and how non scratchy and comfortable the cotton it looks, was. It looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if, if he could only see it, I know there's only a cold aluminum chair, an aluminium chair next to me, <laughs> and it's got a paper clip in the center of it that's a representation of Aaron that we're using to do voodoo stuff too. So, so yeah, he can feel wherever it. you are. If it's that's not a stress, tension, headache, that's actually us squeezing your uh, medulla oblongata. Now I wonder if he'll he'll even listen to this podcast. I don't know. I don't know why that got weird quick. Yeah, of so. course he will. Medulla oblongata. I'd also like to um, say hello to the inhaler uh, crew and say thanks yeah. for having us over there and hosting us. Lost this on is the our river. second week. Lost on the River now distributed through uh, the Inhaler podcast family. Lost on the River powered by Inhaler. You can hear it. There you go. <clears throat> so Powered our, by Inhaler. Yeah. You can hear it. That's, that's the that's, tagline. That's a good... <laughs> you can hear it. Can you hear me now? You can hear it. The spaceman can hear it on his way to Mars if he tunes in to www.inhaler.com. Is there a spaceman on that, his way to Mars? That dude in, uh, in the Tesla. That's, that's what a, I'm saying. Yeah. I'm talking about him. 
Starman. I'm not talking about Jeff Bridges in the low budget '80s movie. Yeah, finally for once, Starman. So thanks, uh, Corin and Inhaler, and everybody listening from yeah. Inhaler, and yeah, maybe a whole bunch of new. That people. just got me. I forgot that 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 had happened, and so now I just got nervous all of a sudden because people uh, might be listening. About to the well, you know, there's at least six more people listening. <laughs> hey, thanks that's, to all six of you. Yeah. How long should we keep up with the deprecation? Until somebody comes down here and tells us we're doing a good job, I think. Well, without I, I'd, I'd like to get into the, the historical segment here. Go ahead. Segway there, bro. We got, uh, Do we have our segway music? All right. I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, the Delmore brothers, Boogie Woogie, the world of Boogie Woogie. Uh, the Delmore uh, uh, brothers signed with King Records in 1944. Uh, many of their their boogie songs. Not not only were they part of a movement of brother bands such as Stanley Brothers, that, that sort of a thing, uh, but also uh, the boogie woogie piano music, uh, popular in in the 30s, had started to die down, but in the 50s had been picked up by uh, some of the country folks, renamed country boogie, uh, became a whole nother thing. Uh, the country take on on the boogie genre. Sped the songs up quite a bit, uh, tended to highlight some frantic guitar playing, thus its connection to the development of what we know as rockabilly, right? Mm. Uh, so the Delmore brothers uh, did some uh, did uh, two sessions here at the Herzog space. Uh, two years back, we did a tribute to, to their sessions here. We had local artists come in to perform their material. Uh, by the way, our music guest this episode, Tim Combs, uh, was one of those folks who joined us. David Rhodes Brown, a bunch of others came in. Uh, their session here at Herzog was in October of 1946. Uh, that session, they did 16 songs, uh, including uh, one of their hits that I think we're going to hear in just a second, Freight Train Boogie, considered to be uh, significant for the evolution of country and blues towards rockabilly, as I mentioned. Uh, they had uh, added a harmonica player, Wayne Rainey, to the band. And actually, uh, about two weeks ago, uh, Debbie Delmore, uh, daughter of Alton Delmore, had sent uh, the nonprofit Music Heritage Foundation a copy of her father's book, fantastic book, Truth is Stranger Than Publicity, and uh, a couple of CDs compiling their material narrated by Debbie, and a, a lot of great photos and some uh, other ephemera information. Very cool to have that connection with the Delmores, you know, pretty, pretty direct connection. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that was really something else. Um, so... Uh, before we uh, cue Freight Train Boogie, uh, real quick, other King artists who did boogie tracks uh, in that window of the, of the boogie popularity. Uh, Moon Mulligan, by the way, I believe we're going to highlight him in our next episode uh, with Ricky Nye. Uh, but Cowboy Copas, uh, Wayne Rainey did some himself, Hawkshaw Hawkins, and even Grandpa Jones. So quite, quite a movement with the boogie movement, uh, and let's uh, cue Freight Train Boogie. Jones, he was a mighty man, but now he's resting in the promised land. 
kind of music he could understand was an eight-wheel driver under his command. He made the freight train boogie all the time. He made the freight train boogie as it rolled down the line. In, in fact, speaking of the Delmore Brothers, our musical guest for Episode 7 of Lost on the River, uh, Tim Combs, uh, we recently did a tribute to Delmore Brothers, as I mentioned, a couple years back, and, and this was one of my first uh, meetings with Tim. He's been doing some really cool stuff, working on a new album. I'm going to let him get into some of the background on that. So without further ado, let's welcome Tim Combs, Lost on the River. How you doing? Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Now, I know you've, you've got uh, this, this album coming out. How, how long were you working on this? Oh, my gosh. Uh, me and Zach have been working on it probably three years. Okay, and Zach Gabbard of the Buffalo Killers. Right. Yeah. And you, you had been recording at his barn in Middletown. He's got a studio in the barn. Yep, Howler Hills. Awesome. Howling Hills. Uh, Howler Hills? Howler Hills. Howler Hills. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what was the process for that like? Uh Actually, uh, just showing up, sitting down, letting Zach put some mics around me and singing, <laughs> you know. And that's what the album is, too. It's just uh, mostly acoustic guitar and voice. Okay. And and how long were these songs in the works for you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, 20 years. I mean, you know, some of them were writ- written as we were doing it, and most of them were written like 10 years before. Oh, wow. 10 or 15 years before. Yeah. Yeah. Was was this your first formal release? Yes, yes, it is. Okay, how Fantastic. how how did you meet Zach? Uh, through uh, Sean Obnoxious, a friend of mine, and Bill's. Yeah, uh, new he subjects. Me to Zach. Yeah, new subjects. Uh, the social 
Yeah, the socials. Uh-huh. Yeah. What are you guys naming? These are I don't uh, Sean. Uh, Sean Obnoxious did a, a, a zine, a, a pamphlet style zine okay. called New Subjects, and uh, his band was the Socials with his wife Julie. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, okay, cool. Sounds great. Sean yeah. is one of my biggest. He's an inspiration. He's to a me. fantastic you know, guy. He's, he Always is, very he supportive. Is. Very supportive and extremely talented. Yeah. yeah. So and he put you in touch with Zach. Right. Okay. And, and Zach then, took it from there. Yeah, I, I uh, actually, I, I texted Zach after that, and I asked him if I could send him some songs, and he said sure. So I sent him about twenty songs, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, shortly after that, we got together and started recording them. Okay. Yeah. And it started off just small, you know. We were just doing it because uh, as as we, at, at first, he just had this little recorder, you know, like a Tascam recorder. Uh-huh. And now he's got this great big uh, tape yeah. machine and the big oh, – he's got a very nice studio. R- ridiculous setup. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys started you, – you started – not you guys, but you started recording with Zach. And how long have you been – when did you start playing guitar and writing songs? Uh, I started writing probably around age 13, 14, and that's a very long time ago. Uh, and uh, started playing guitar when I was around 18. I played bass. I actually played bass at my church. I went to a Pentecostal church when I was a kid. That's where you got all your good moves. Yeah, that's where they came from. But uh, I watched the bass player, and I kept watching him, and I I think I could do that. And then when he left the church, I just said, I, I know how to play bass. And now you're, you're north of Cincinnati. You're in Middletown? Monroe. Monroe, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You spend a lot of time at the outlet malls? I do. I do. The outlet malls and Hustler. That's yeah. where I would. <laughs> Hit Touchdown Jesus, then uh-huh. Hustler, <laughs> then the yeah. outlet malls. Yeah, we go to church, then the outlet malls, then when we take the kids home, we go to Hustler. You know? <laughs> it's a full day up there. there it is. You can Typical do it. day in Monroe. <laughs> a little bit of... Turtle Creek. Little... Yeah, Trader's World. That's I mean... where I got my first surf style windbreaker. Trader's World? Yeah. You know, that Trader's World is where I got my first black leather jacket. I was just thinking about that today, actually. So I, I don't wear it anymore. It doesn't fit like it used to when I was 15, 16. I don't think Trader Trader's World's the same sort of most sizely spaceport that it was when we were young. Because we could get little monkeys and... They never sold little monkeys. <laughs> they they had the monkeys. They never sold monkeys. They, they tra- Tim, back me up they on this sold one. Monkeys. They did. They you're, transported you're, the monkey <laughs> from on. down by the river by the bike. But where the monkeys the come path. from down where by that, the river? That was that, yeah, there was the smoking. There was monkey. the smoking monkey. Yeah. See, oh, yeah. see, you don't know. <laughs> Tim knows. He wrote a song about it. I did. Yeah, he wrote the a song about monkey. the smoking monkey. Yeah, the smoking monkey that does the junk. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! This this is going to be an album, not you turn. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, right on. Uh, and uh, now, Monroe area. Where do you usually uh, find yourself performing at? Do you do you make it downtown Cincinnati very often? Or? No, uh, I used to play over in Covington at a little restaurant, uh, Europa, but they closed down. And uh, after that, you know, as far as the acoustic thing. I was doing some open mics in Monroe for a while, and then that kind of, you know, went away. And right now I'm just doing whatever I can, open mics and stuff like that. Okay. Just trying to get promote the record and 
and get that going. You know. Sure, sure. Now I know uh, you 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 have an in store performance here at the Herzog Space beneath us. Yes. Uh, scheduled for uh, April seventh. Yes. I believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Immediately following our our kids program with Sean from the Tillers. Uh, so that's going to be cool to go from that, uh, and then Tim downstairs, and uh, well, let's kind of usher that uh, we don't want the kids to hear well, Tim's songs. Well, 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 we can adjust the playlist. They're sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Well, <laughs> Tim, if you wouldn't mind, I'd, I'd like to hear you do maybe a couple songs, and then we can catch up after that. If, uh, let us know what, what you'd like to play. Okay. Uh, the first song I'm going to do is called Black Long. Let's go. Black Long, Tim Combs, Lost on the River. Let me know when you're ready. Daddy's cough ain't getting any better. Mama says she don't know what to do. She wants me to write the boss a letter Asking for some help to make it through But the boss man, he don't mind If daddy laid right down and died They'd replace him with a younger boy like me Cause poor white trash is all they ever see Black lungs, cold black lungs. Don't know how we'll make it through the winter. Looking like I'll have to take a job. Digging coal at 13 for your dinner. Makes a boy man is chopping rock, but the company don't care. They're the first to lead me there, sell me the pick my daddy used to swing. Cause poor white trash is all we'll ever be with black lungs. Siblings that I have to feed. Every year my breath is getting thinner. This keeps up, I won't see 23. But I keep on digging coal. It's the only life I know, and it doesn't take intelligence to see. Trash is all I'll ever need. With black lungs, cold black lungs. 
himself he wouldn't do it but he knew in his heart he was gonna pursue it because like mama said when dogs ain't fed at home they search your neighborhood till they find a bone that's what hungry dogs do yeah that's what hungry hearts do too they gotta get that love be it right or wrong Find it where they can if it ain't at home. Say a prayer for the hungry dog. Well, she was down on herself, feeling neglected, and the married life wasn't what she expected because he worked all day. Came home at five Drank a couple beers and went to bed at nine And when she needed some love And he always denied her And getting left on base Was getting pretty tired So she called up the guy Who could drive her in They knew it was wrong But they both gave in Cause that's what hungry dogs do Yeah, that's what hungry hearts do too They gotta get that love Right or wrong, find it where they can if it ain't at home. Say a prayer for the hungry dog. Now, people would judge these two for the thing they've done. They don't know the situation They're in at home Being true is more than trying not to cheat You gotta be there for each other You gotta feel each other's needs Cause that's what loving guys do Yeah, that's what loving girls do too They sometimes do the things they don't want to do So the person you love stays in love with you And prays for your loving arms And prays for your loving arms Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you Thank you, Tim. That was an amazing couple of tunes. And uh, there's not, there's like six eyeballs in the room and they're all wet. Yeah. yeah. Including mine. You like, literally made me cry. That was, that was really awesome song. 
I, I hadn't seen Elias cry, by the way, since Aaron said he was opening a new barbecue place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice little jab in there at the last second while I'm vulnerable. Yeah, that was a couple of my favorite party tunes. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, what was the name of the second song? Hungry Dogs. Hungry Dogs. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you, there's a line in there where you asked for prayer for the hungry dogs. And then I felt like the hungry dogs don't deserve prayer. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of like, so, like, I'll be honest, I was a little bit aggravated with you. I was like, really? <laughs> so you're the hungry dog, Tim. No. no and no, then, no, no. but then the third <laughs> verse comes around and it's a different story. And that's really what caught me off guard and got me quite emotional. Very, and very moving stuff. That's a love. That's a love story, man. I mean, that is that is the love story. Pretty amazing. It was yeah. really incredible. I'm impressed. Well, thank you. Not that I'm. I just. It's impressive. I should say. Well, Tim, would would would, would you mind doing one more song for us? Sure. I wrote this song uh, after going to an open mic, and there was these people there that were from the Nashville. The Cincinnati chapter of the Nashville Songwriters, which struck me as kind of odd that Cincinnati has a chapter for Nashville songwriters, because <laughs> there's plenty of Cincinnati songwriters, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It just struck me as odd. Then I just decided right then that uh, I needed to write something. You know, <laughs> it's not really a knock at Nashville. Nashville's a great city. It's just uh, at the time that's how I felt about it that Cincinnati is a good place for music as well. This one's called Move to Nashville. Their hats and their guitars are all tailor-made and they sit and discuss all the money they're paid and lie about women clubs that they play I guess I just don't fit in Well I know that my playing ain't really all that and my boots ain't snake skin and my wallet ain't fat but I know who I am and I'm alright with that and I never have to pretend and I'll never know I'll never move to Nashville make it there and they think their work's done and they change like chameleons to reach number one they fire their band and forget where they're from their fans left heartbroken and crying but i won't be distracted by whistles and bells or change my beliefs so the records will sell i'll shoot from the hip come high water or hell to keep great traditions from dying and I'll never, no, I'll never move to Nashville. Well, I won't be a part of your broke country scene with your backwards ball caps and your super tight jeans who use auto-tune cause you can't fucking sing while talented artists go hungry. We've been so embarrassed by red solo cups and girls in bikinis who drive pickup trucks. Thank God Jason Isbell and Sturgill showed up to help get us back to the country. Hope they never, hope they never moved to Nashville. 
Let's follow the path that Woody had laid And folks like Bob Dylan and Pete Seeger paid And ripe for the passion, not just to get paid There's more to this than the treasure So don't sell your freedoms for fortune and fame They can't steal your soul if you're never ashamed To play songs for people who don't know your name Now let's say it once together That we'll never, no, we'll never move to Nashville And I'll never, no, I'll never move to Nashville Thanks, guys. Thanks again to Tim Combs for joining us here, Lost on the River, Episode 7. Fantastic performance, and as we were saying earlier, be sure to check out uh, that new uh, album that he's uh, had in the works for quite a while. And uh, he'll be joining us here in, in April to do an in-store performance as well. I'm cooking, I'm cooking barbecue for Zach, and the, for the, for Zach from the Buffalo Killers yeah. on Sunday. You are. Which, they're, they're recording up at the up at the barn, and we're doing like a hospitality thing. Oh, right on! You know, I, I went to uh, his wife Erin, who uh, I've known for a while. Uh, had a birthday party that he had he had gotten. I guess we're getting off the subject here a little bit. We are. Yeah. Well, joining us now, uh, Alex York and Dan Buckley of Tornlight Records, Bellevue, Kentucky, and uh, not only uh, record store guys. But uh, also have uh, you, you've got the Tornlight record label, yes, uh, and, and you do printing as Fairfield Press, yes, we do, yes. and and give give us the crash course in, in what your uh, day is like. Well, recently things have changed. We have some employees now, um, so a typical day for us is uh, we meet at our office, which is located in the lodge. Which is um, Dayton, kind of Kentucky. A, Dayton, Kentucky. Dayton, Kentucky. I, I, I uh, coolest place on earth. It's fantastic space, One of them. and and I was there for the James Leg uh, recording. Oh, you went yeah. to the James Leg gig. Yeah, great. Yeah, and and that was my unfortunately that that was the first time that I've been able to check the place out. It's crazy. Followed up the with Johnny. Room. Followed up with Johnny. I said I love the space. I'd love to uh, come back and see the rest of it. He told me I'm welcome anytime. No wow. way. No yeah, way. I've, no uh, way. Yeah, that's the truth. You're talking about Johnny Walker? <laughs> that's, that's, he extended you an offer? Uh, I've got his email. I mean, he's a wow. Yeah. He's a tough guy. <laughs> yeah, well. Anyway. Uh, we started a day at the lodge. Uh, we kind of go over everything and uh, make a game plan. Um, we store most of our overstock down there. So we go through, figure out what we want to bring down to the store, price some stuff, try to find some rare stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, head to the store about noon, open up. I don't know. Yeah, that's about it. We yeah. don't really do anything. Yeah, it's a record yeah. store. No, it's <laughs> Sounds like they have a game plan similar to ours. Well, <laughs> I feel a lot better now. I thought we were like way off. But. Well, now I, I want to ask about the printing because that's how I first got to know Alex uh, with, uh, when, when I was uh, one of the managers at the, at the old Southgate house. You know, Alex had, had done some poster printing for for shows that had come through, yeah. Um, and uh, and now now you, you do tote bags, just about anything. I understand, correct? Yeah. And if it's something we can't do in house, you know, printers work with one another. So there's 
nothing you have to say no to. You know what I mean? That's part of the sure. idea of, of like, you know, being part of that community. You know what I mean? If there's something we can't do, we're not going to say no. We're just sure. going to go to our friend's studio and they'll figure it out. We know somebody. Yeah, we know somebody, somebody exactly that can make anything happen. Really. We have we have people in Montreal to Los Angeles. You know, wow. most just North America yeah. because the shipping doesn't make sense. You guys like a printing mob. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. really it really is. If because printer to printer, you know, you just help each other out. Because everybody needs somebody to help them out with something. Everybody. Because everything needs – everything's sometimes. printed. You know what I mean? Like everything. So anyway, um, yeah, that is how we met. You've printed stuff for us. For Eli's. For Eli. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, our, our tote bags uh, at the, the, the Herzog shop downstairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Herzog shop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, we're working on other stuff. Yeah. Well, speaking speaking of other stuff – uh, Alex had come to me a little while ago with the idea uh, about us hosting a performance here at the Herzog Space in conjunction with Hornlight. Uh, now, I, I like to make sure that any performance we have here has some sort of an educational aspect, angle to it. Uh, and as I understand it, Alex has some artists who he's released their material through his label, and they're going to be performing, u- utilizing tape machines, and then explaining their process. Do, do I have that? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Nick Keeling and Kaylee Moonshanker. And, um, yeah, they, they have uh, – the best way to describe it, if you know what a tape echo is, Nick makes at-home tape echoes out of eight tracks, which I think – Oh, yeah. Probably excites which you because yeah. I know you love eight tracks. I, I, yeah. More than anything. What, but, if we, uh, what if we don't know what a tape echo is? So, okay, so basically you just imagine um, – what Nick will do is he'll open up a tape, and this could be all the way down to just a standard cassette tape. You wouldn't do a micro cassette because it's too small, but you cut it and you cut it into a loop instead of being on a reel and then it ends. You just cut it to where it just keeps going continually. So imagine you you let a record head, you let it record for a little bit and then come back off of it. So since it's continually looping, you'll just keep hearing these sounds, and then you can just add a little bit to it and you let back off of it, and you have that going. So with Nick and, and Kaylee, they play piano and cello, so you have these resonating, but you know, bow sounds or just like really reverberated piano. It is beautiful. It's haunting. I mean, it just sounds like it sounds like they're playing in like a massive church or like a cave or something. And it's just you know the the cassette we put out is called Marker, and they recorded it in like a studio apartment in Champaign, Illinois. But it sound it really sounds like it was recorded in a cave or something. I mean, it sounds insane. And Nick is just very new to all this stuff, and yeah. that's what's crazy, is that he just really started getting into, like, tape loops and manipulating sound, and he's, like, he's he's, he's doing he's things that are... Years ahead of people who have spent the last 20 years messing with this kind of yeah. stuff. Because he's not afraid of, like, making mistakes with it or anything like that. So mm-hmm. he just buys reel-to-reels and A-tracks and opens them up and tries something out. If it doesn't yeah. work, he'll just get a new one. And yeah. just keep doing it and expanding his craft, like turning it into a, like a true craft. And it's really interesting. Yeah. And he actually, uh, most specifically for the show here, he actually, his live setup, he has the two two eight-track machines that loop a tape from, from one to the other. From one to the other. And he actually had something built so it's visible to everyone while they perform. So you can actually see it. Instead of just a guy sitting there and it's like, yeah. oh, you know, he's – Doing something on a table, goofing around. It's right. Yeah. It's right. That there. sounds pretty, pretty dang cool. Yeah, 
And and then uh, and <laughs> seems like you're sold. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. <clears throat> well, I I am. Uh, no, I was going to say, that. and and then so you, so you get the performance, but then following that, he's like, "Let me show you how I built this machine." Yeah, yeah. Nick is very very interested in. Uh, I mean, he's a huge nerd. You know, he's just excited to tell people about it. It's awesome. And and, and that's uh, the seventeenth Saturday. Yeah, next Saturday. Uh, St. Patrick's Day. It is St. Patrick's it? Day. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, have you heard of the Echoplex? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. It would be it would be very similar to something. Like he's that. like hacked it and made his own. Yeah, between, yeah. And but the thing I is, still like, don't really understand how that one works either. Yeah. How how crude his are compared to like an Echoplex? Yeah, kind of adds to it though. I mean, that's the other thing. This was recorded last year or no, two years ago, I guess, or maybe late. I I'm not sure, but it sounds like it could be. 60 years old or something because he's using like an old carpenter's eight track that he's recorded over or something. You know what I mean? He's not using like a fresh, fat, thick, yeah. blank tape. He's using something he bought at a garage sale that had mold on it and he cleaned it a little bit. <laughs> the best stuff always does. It has, I mean, it has character to it. It has yeah. a ton of character to it. It's very strange. Incidentally, this sort of, uh, Echoes to an idea that I have. I I collect VHS. Yeah, but I've been collecting it one for the movie content, but also because I think that there's going to come a time when the actual tape will be valuable. Oh yeah, just the tape, like the tape itself inside of it. Yeah, yeah. Because I read uh, <clears throat> recently, Sony's developed a process. Where they can take a cassette tape and they can store it was a two hundred and fifty million MP3s on one ninety minute cassette tape. On the ribbon wow. itself? On the ribbon. That's wow. insane. Now you can't like access that yeah. or like you yeah. don't carry it around and play it, but it's a to, storage to archive device it. Right, for exactly. Archiving. Yeah. And I don't think most people realize that a lot of the cloud ultimately and eventually, a lot of that information gets put on tape still, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the first computers were tape. I still think there's tape going on. What's the deg- degradation uh, look it up. lifespan look it up. of magnetic tape? The, li- the lifespan? Yeah. Um, I'm not positive what the lifespan is. I but, wanna... but I know there's like – it's kind of funny you saying that. I mean, why would they store it on a tape if it, if the lifespan wasn't very long compared to like we have some CDs in the store that won't play anymore. Yeah. yeah we I have would, some CDs I'll... from the early 90s that we've put into play. Yeah. And they have these weird malfunctioning sounds going on because yeah. the – And enough I, I time has passed enough since CDs passed. were introduced that we're starting to, you know – yeah, CDs just don't work. I thought like, they were going to last forever. It was just the cases that were going to be bad. That's no, the con. Weird? I want my money back. <laughs> I know, right? I think that somebody should file. Uh, I'm not really. I don't think like, the companies not, are around I, anymore. So. I'm not a tort guy. <laughs> yeah. And I probably got my fair share from the BMG monthly catalog. <laughs> that's that's I'm, true. I'm not going to lie. I still have like a big Sandy in the Flyright Boys that I'm like <laughs> – <laughs> I never paid for this. It was one of the ones. Sure. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was like, I don't know. Check mark that box. Uh, Big Sandy. I love this dude's hair. <laughs> that that's kind of sad. Well, after after you you join Sorry. and rejoin enough times, 
you, you know, you've already gotten the heavy hitters out of the way, and you're like, oh, what? I got to pick twelve random. And your freebies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, how I, did you guys? How did you fall into opening a record store? No, Billy wanted to say something else. Go ahead. I was going to say two. two so why did you guys fall into <laughs> opening? <Jesus> a, <laughs> he, he falls for that shit every time. I swear. <laughs> you, Take it from here. Okay. Um, I was in a band, and we went on a full U.S. tour, and Dan was our roadie. I've I've told this story a thousand yeah, times is, at this point, so this I'm just going yeah. I'm, I'm sure. to burn through it pretty quickly. Gotcha. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I was in a band. We played punk rock. We went on a tour. <laughs> Shocking. We toured Canada. White Walls? White Walls. Yeah. We okay. toured Canada and the United States. We had a 12-inch come out, and yeah. we had a couple 7-inches too. And uh, we were touring around, you know, trying to sell sell our records, get rid of them. And Dan was our roadie. And like the typical thing, every town, you go to the record store, then you go to the gig, then you sleep somewhere, hopefully. Sure. Then you go to another town, you go to the record store, Same blah, 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 blah. Every single day. But I don't get sick of it. Dan wasn't getting sick of it. Everybody else was sick of yeah. it, for sure. They'd stand outside, and we'd still be... Just, we'd be looking at everything. And it's and, like, we have to go... We have to drive eight hours. Yeah. We have to leave. Yeah. It's like, but yeah. it was... Yeah, it was really fun. And we saw... I remember the one that stuck out the most. Um, I, they didn't even have a name yet, but it was a metal record store in Winnipeg oh, above, that place. <laughs> above an anarchist bakery. <laughs> yeah. I nice. swear to God. But anyway, they only sold like... Import uh, metal. Import metal, like satan Sh satanic Chica metal. Chicago had a store like that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, Chicago used to have a metal store like yeah. that too. I can't remember what that was called. Um, the one in Winnipeg was insane. Like, it was just so cool to go into a store and you're like, I've never seen a store where everything is like a satanic metal record. <laughs> Even if I don't want to buy anything, it's just like, it's amazing. It's like, no, we didn't buy anything, but yeah. it was still just like, this yeah. is a possibility. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just cool. It's like, that guy does not give, he doesn't care. Like, yeah. it's just like, this is his space. He's going to do whatever. Are there any plans for Torn Light to go exclusively metal? Anytime exclusively soon? metal? Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> fast forward, we you know go to all these record stores. We're like, we could do that. We could open a record store. Yeah. Fast forward a couple of years, we open our record store. It's very small in Newport. You yeah. came to our first location. I, I did. Yeah. It Some was about, people's closets are larger than it was what about. Our store it was, was smaller than this area actually. Yeah, that we're so. in. So it was like you know, Tiny. the actual walking space was maybe four foot by seven foot. Because of the records on the walls and stuff, it was really small. Three people, it would be cramped. But it was only metal, punk, experimental music only. Mm -hmm. And we were like, yeah, that's, we, that's really cool, right? Like We you did know? really good on our first day. <laughs> <laughs> then after that was... And then all the records... Man, no one's coming in. <laughs> yeah, then all the records were gone, and we were like, oh, no. Shit. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, from there, we've evolved. We... We tried to create a classic rock records. We were like, oh, I guess we can put out these Peter Frampton records and whatever. And then we sold all of them and we we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's how you stay open. Sure. You sell Peter Frampton records. Yeah. You sell, you know, Carol King records, whatever. Yeah. I get it. Like, I, t I totally understand now. Yeah. And it's, it makes sense. It doesn't hurt my feelings or make me sad that we're not an, a store that only sells punk records or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's what a farce anyway. I don't know. We don't even like you we, and I don't even really listen to punk anymore. Yeah, I know it's, it's kind of funny as we've like added jazz. More, yeah, we like add more genres of music to the store, and now it's like we only listen to jazz or funk or, or like house, house music, like eighties uh, Euro yeah, house just, records. I don't know. You get like we this, got a bunch of that. You just yeah, you get in these weird zones. Yeah, you guys yeah. have some killer stuff downstairs where I'm just like I've seen this in our store and your store, and I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, 
That's how we had a record store, or have a record store. Yeah, it's not gone yet. And you're, you're it's your third there. location now, right? Yeah, because we the first one, which was a closet, uh, we outgrew that very fast. Like, yeah, we went to. You came to the second store as well, which was literally an apartment. Oh, I've yes. come to all the stores. Above uh, a pretzel shop. <laughs> yeah. Second yeah. floor apartment. You had to walk down an alley. It always Most felt great. didn't think that you were allowed to come in. It was very weird. We barely made it through that because people were scared to come in. Yes. And then, um, and then they come in and you're just kind of freaking out because it's the only person you've seen all day. And you're just too much for them. So they're like, all right, thanks, bye. Yeah, very erratically. Hello, please only, please only, please only. Um, but then we moved across the street yeah. because the antique salesman, he he finally was going to move. He found a new location. Yeah. And it's a beautiful it's a beautiful building. And uh, there's nothing above it, nothing behind it. It's it's just like a small, it used to be a... Uh, it was a blacksmith? It was a blacksmith like in the 1800s, I yeah. believe. Bellevue seems like a wonderful community oh, to be part of. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. great. It's, yeah. it's small town feel. You you can get quicker to downtown really than most other places. Yeah, I walk downtown all the time. I mean, yeah, it's about it's, a mile away. Well, yeah. You have so many. <clears throat> it's kind of like a southern version of Pleasant Ridge. Yeah. That's, you know, there's that's, a, I've thought that before. You have breakfast, that, you got yeah. bars, you mm-hmm. got record shops, you got some gift stuff, you, yeah. you know, you, and it's all walkable. Yeah. And you, you, you can walk to the dry cleaner, you can walk to the grocery store, walk to the bank. I yep. mean, we have a guy and, that comes in every single day, and that's what he does. He works down there, walks to the grocery store, walks to the bank, does his laundry, comes into the record store. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, once again, Alex York and Dan Buckley with Torn Light Records, Fairfield Press. Uh, a lot of different concepts and a lot of cool stuff you guys are working on. Anything you'd like to add or maybe that we didn't get to touch on here? Uh, in the next coming months, we're expanding to a distribution company. Oh, yeah. We, we, have, we yeah. haven't really told anybody. We're opening a distribution company called Fantastique. We'll be breaking the story. Don't worry. You're still good. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we're... We're sign. We're still signing labels and things like that, but um, we're going to be the exclusive U.S. distributor for a lot of labels around the world. Uh, mostly, we're starting out mostly with experimental music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be that's that's huge. It'll it'll be really big for yeah. yeah. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And right. all those things will also be available in our store. Yes. So for certain people who are big nerds, they will mm-hmm. be very excited to come to our store when they can buy. Japanese experimental CDs on Alchemy Records and things like that. That would cost them like $30 to ship it just to us, and it would take two months. Yeah. Wow. So now they can... We've been working really, really hard on it. ...more accessible. Yeah. Well, certainly seems like you you never sit down to rest. No. No. There's always (laughs) something cooking. Yeah. Yeah. It's so exciting that there's this kind of thing going on, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, this show even exists Mm -hmm. is to highlight people in the area and the community that are doing things like this. I, I have, I've had the privilege to go to the lodge and, and then also I've seen um, where you guys were printing stuff and then guys, the record shop. And it's like very modern way to make a, an earn a living. You have all these multiple things going on and they're all successful and they're all, like, they're all things that speak to your own personal passions and, 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 You've been building them, and then there's other people. Um, like we joked about Johnny, but and at the lodge, there's sure. other artists yeah. there aside from him too. Even there's different things going on. But 
just all of these other little things. And all that's going on across the river in Bellevue. And it's like a little thing in and of itself, yeah. you know. Yeah. And if the river wasn't there, of course, you know, people wouldn't quite make such a distinction. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just a few blocks south of the middle of downtown. But it's really cool that there's these little ecosystems of creativity and, you know, the, the, the things that we dream of that are happening in, you know, we think are happening in or only happening in Brooklyn or yeah. only happening in Seattle. We, we those, talk about those, this a lot. Those things are happening in Cincinnati or, in, or they're happening in Bellevue or they're happening in Covington. They're happening. It's just it's, – it's spread out. It's not necessarily all in one little village area to where it's like got a light on it. Um, but those things are happening in – in our area and you guys are the types of people that are doing that. So we're really excited to have you on the show. Thank you for um, having me. Yeah, and thank you. if you if you haven't been down to Torn Light in Bellevue, make sure you stop by and if you need something printed for your business or for you know, for, especially if it's a craft creative type of a situation, you know, um those are your mm -hmm. th these are your dudes. Thank and, you. And wow. and March seventeenth. Yeah. Really looking forward to the show. Yeah. yeah, it'll be Can't awesome. Wait. Nick, Nick Keely and Kaylee Moon Shanker. Yeah, tickets tickets online and uh, at Tornlight Records at as well store. as yep. Herzog Music downstairs. Yeah, six dollars, six dollars. That's right, right on. Yeah, very cool. Thanks, guys, for uh, cool. joining thank you. Us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, all right. Once again, thank you for joining us. Lost on the River, episode seven. Elias, we we've made it. Uh, we've made it this far, and I think uh, we'll keep doing it here for a little while. We've got. Uh, I've already got some cool stuff planned for our, our next episode. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors, the Thunderdome Restaurant Group, bringing you favorites like the Eagle, Maplewood Kitchen and Bar, Kruger's in Bakersfield. Also, thanks to Otto's Covington and Eli's Barbecue, uh, as well as the Cincinnati USA Music Heritage Foundation. Thank you to uh, our engineer, Clint Stevenson, does a great job here, as always. Matt Spaulding, producer, editor supreme. He was big tonight. He did a great job tonight. We'll see if he leaves us. Uh, we'll see if he leaves that we'll in. We get gratuity here. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, uh, uh, thank you again. Uh, intro and outro music by the All Seeing Eyes, recorded here at the Herzog Space. Folks, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.